0: Welcome hunters to the Hunter's Hub. Fort One here, uh, joined just with Horror today. How you doing?
1: <laughs> we kill these. People.
0: The, well, yeah. The, yeah, it's, that's monster hunter. <laughs> um Today we are going to round out the final monsters that you encounter in the story and a little bit after. So, fair warning uh, before you keep listening. If you have not uh, beaten the game... And gone a little further, there might be some spoilers for you. Um, we're going to be talking about the final boss and a few monsters beyond. Although, if you've been paying attention to trailers, you at least know about two of them. So, yeah. Anyways, um, thank you to Wolfie Mellon for the music. And we'll just go ahead and get right into it. One of those said monsters, Haru ogre. He's back.
1: He's back. He, he, As ever.
0: He's he, he's he's back in in thunder wolfing all around
1: uh <laughs> it's not a color but he could say he's back in fur textures um so Zanogar is very chargey in this game really just yeah very doggo like um and I think my experience has been that he stays charged up a lot mm-hmm Sorry, the first He gets to it faster. First charge I meant running, and he this charge I mean electricity. <laughs> to be clear.
0: Both. Yes. He does he does a lot of not staying still and a lot of I'm Thunder Puppy. You're me roar. Um the <laughs> he was a little surprising at first because of how different he is. Like most of the monsters that have been brought back have had minor tweaks, right? They're not like significant changes Zenoger got some like at least battle wise some zign- like significant changes um,
1: I feel like they built him up he to still be does... more of like an endgame monster as opposed to sort of mid high tier yeah
0: like Rithalos tier yeah like Rithalos Diablos tier like okay you know like Reasonably I would say something like Rathian is a 2 star and like we're talking like low rank I suppose and then like Zenogar would have fit in the 3 star with like <laughs> um you know like Rathalos, Gravius, like all you know well most people don't know Gravius but yeah like the sort of like I'm the end before uh tier of monsters before you hit the boss um and they kind of beefed him up in a lot of ways, and not just physically, because they made him more broad-shouldered somehow. He was already pretty broad. Made him less uh, jagged, but still spiky.
1: Yeah, this kind of helps not uh, not developing for, like, a PSP, was it?
0: Yeah, he, he appeared on PSP in Portable 3rd, originally. Uh, the first time he came here in the states, though, it was it was an HD. It was the three ultimate, which was the one HD title we got until. <laughs> and I say HD in quotations because it, you know it was paired uh, with a 3DS title, but
1: in uh, in hindsight, we all should have guessed that Norder was coming back when they announced Fulker Engine Angelaff because they used the same technology on the Furglow. There as they
0: do with uh, Sinoger. Yeah, uh, a lot of people are going to going to say like, "Oh, I knew it because of the flagship thing," and I still don't. I still don't believe that that was anything more than just hey, celebration of Monster Hunter over the years, sort of poster. Yeah, they use some of the new models because it's easier just to use the newest stuff. I feel like. But there's a lot of, like, I had a friend, I've talked about him a couple times, uh, he's the manager at the local game store I go to, and he was like, yeah, we got everything, didn't we? And I look at that picture, and I'm like, immediately, there's three monsters there that aren't coming back. Like, they're not going to be in there. And one of them was, uh, uh, uh It was like, Valstrax isn't in here. He was like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, and this isn't, I can't remember off the top of my head, but like, like, the the even though I said that like five minutes ago, screw it. <laughs> but like the picture, there's a lot of stuff in there that isn't going to be in there. Um, and even we didn't get the o- other flagships, even though they only showed Glavinus in that one, which is dumb. Like why would they say we have four flagships and then just like completely ignore that the other three were also flagships, and just got Glavinus. Like, even
1: um even of the. The secret sort of message that's spelled out next left in the uh, Yasunori Ichin- ich- Ichinose's, uh, the director of Monster Hunter Generations and the Portable Games left in his sort mm-hmm. of New Year's message that had all of the flagships that came back to Iceborne and Garuga mm-hmm. and Kezu. Like, there's no Kezu in this game. So...
0: Yeah, and uh, we were... Yeah, we both of us kind of predicted there was going to be a cave monster, and it's just not. The cave monster ended up being uh, essentially <laughs> um, the Viper Toby. Like, he's about the only thing that lives down there. Well, yeah, I think Odogaran
1: uses that as a den too, but I still have hope. still have hope for DLC. Ugh, come
0: on. <laughs> I mean, we're going to get something, and it's going to be revealed sometime in the future of what that December monster is. So, yeah. Anyways, back to uh, Zenoger. He got some. He got a new move, um, and it's a little different, uh, especially uh, in its execution. So he do, he's always done, and he still does it. The sort of like I'm going to slam with each front leg uh, in sort of this long timed interval. Where he goes slam, and then reaches up and slam and slam, and then he'll do a three or a four just to mix it up every once in a while. But now he's doing this, like, I'm going to jump in the air and do a somersault and then slam down and jump in the air and do a somersault and then slam down. I'm like, holy cow, that looks cool, but wow, is that not fun to dodge? <laughs> it's
1: almost like uh, they didn't know they were adding Rajong, so they gave that to Zenogar, which doesn't make any sense because Rajong was clearly worked on before the game's out.
0: No, no, no. I don't. I. I I don't feel like that's, it's not the, it's not the, uh, the super ball <laughs> that Rajong does, but it is that sort of like, uh, I guess it, it is the same kind of way that you would try to avoid it in the fight, but I don't feel that it's, it's the Rajong I'm skipping a stone on water kind of
1: thing. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. There's, like there's a charge between each impact. I didn't find that move particularly hard Mm. to dodge because I just ran away from it and he didn't hit me.
0: Yeah. A lot of times that I've had to dodge it, I've been in a corner and he starts it and I'm like, oh, this is bad. This is real bad. Uh, that actually hasn't killed me. Zenogar has carded me quite a bit in world, um, I won't say I don't think I've actually failed a quest because of that, but I have like many, many quests been the guy who carted twice and then we fail we didn't fail, but we succeeded. Like I don't, I don't think I've actually failed yet against the Zenogre, but it's still pretty rough. Like really rough. The other, um uh,
1: big new move I noticed was um basically uh Sort of legaicresses, but sort of not the gener- generations. Sort of landlocked Lega- legaicresses would spit out these three oh, the... electrical orbs that would spin around it in circles that are gra- gradually widening and widening in uh, in uh, yep. diameter, and they'll sort of spin yeah. out at you. And it, it's similar to sort of dramburos, the kind of mechanic with that, with its tail spinning out.
0: Right. Yeah. The uh, outworld. Outward Fulger bugs. They're really fast, um, and there's that... a lot of
1: particle effects that it's hard to see. Yeah,
0: I, I have I have a lot of evade window, so I haven't had a lot of troubles with that move in particular. I've been hit by it a couple times, but it's not it's not as damaging as some of the other stuff he does. <laughs> he retains a lot of his old moves. I can't think of anything he does. Uh, that he does in older games that he doesn't do now. This gave him more stuff. Um, it one thing is his parts are just harder to break in general. Right. Uh, even when comp- comparing into G rank um, with uh, generations ultimate to master rank in Iceborne, it, the the horns used to be like okay he's gonna charge up for the first time. Like with my great sword, I would be able to break the horns pretty easily the first time he's trying to charge. Um, th- with the hammer and like KO King and stuff, like I sure I can knock him out in that first charge, but I'm not breaking the horns. It takes a couple more times to break the horns. Um, and I was I was talking this over with some of my friends, like I think that because of the clutch mechanics and weakening parts they made things harder to break in general which feels awkward you know what I mean like I think this is just across the board like I think the only thing that doesn't feel harder to break is Diablos's horns without weakening them
1: right I mean I feel like it just reminds me of older games because with the health uh, values they had uh, things which just take longer, and that's sort of what Iceborne is. And I've, um, I mean, I've played like a hundred hours of it, but uh, I've kind of had to face myself with Iceborne because it's it is very grindy. It's very like you did this thing and now get do the next thing to get more things, and I've just sort of yeah. had to take a breath, um, after getting into the end game and and guiding all the lands.
0: <laughs> nice save i guess <laughs> um the uh uh well it's, it's like i feel that's weird because it, it's much easier an equivalent rank to break parts in generations ultimate it's much easier an equivalent rank and four ultimate to break parts like i think just based on like health pools like yeah you normally in old, old games, like, we're talking like, you know, Freedom Unite, you may have had trouble getting off certain parts. But once third generation came around, it wasn't hard to like, break everything and still safely just, you know, like, finish off the fight with everything broken, right? It's legitimately hard to break everything now. Like,
1: right, but it is it was still hard to reach certain parts. Like, Baroth's Crown obviously had a whole mechanic to it, and like I, crystals were always uh, really difficult to get to.
0: Yeah, that was a that was a difficult access thing though. That wasn't necessarily like a damage cap, right? Because his they're on his back, and outside of <laughs> outside of water mechanics, it's pretty hard to hit Lagiacris's back. <laughs> you have to knock him down, um, or you know, insect glaive and dance all around him, but
1: yeah that was that was later
0: yeah they uh it's just weird it feels weird to me because like there's a lot of monsters that you can like the reason why i brought this up is because zanogar specifically like and they also changed how his brakes work for his front legs like they're no longer separate brakes they're just one break hits both claws that's very Um, strange yeah, it is, and they did that. They did the exact same thing to Legiacris and Generations Ultimate. And you used to be able to break them separately, and now you can't. Wait, why? Um, I don't. I don't know. Like you just break the front legs in in general, and um
1: Casualized Crapcom did it again.
0: I don't think it's casualized, but it's it's, a joke. it's baffling. It's just a joke. I, I get it, but like. Uh, Odo and Ebony Odo, you can break their front claws separately, right. and their back claws separately. That's like Odo Garen's like, thing,
1: too. It's claws. It's
0: yeah. And Odo has, what, six breaks? Yeah, seven. Yeah, it's individual paw so, breaks for every paw. So, every paw, you've got your head, you've got a tail break, and then a the tail sever. So two levels on the tail. Right. Um, Zanogar... He has all the same breaks minus the separate front legs. So now he has uh, two levels of horn, his back, his front legs instead of each, and then uh, a tail sever. I think it. I'm not sure if it breaks first or not. There's a couple just weird changes. Like Nargakuga just severs now. The tail doesn't break first. I don't remember Zenogar's
1: tail breaking. Uh, I think it just came off. I,
0: I don't know that one. I don't know, even though I I'd fought him a, quite a bit in Generation Ultimate but I just I don't. That's a blank in my head. I could be wrong about that, but Nargacuga certainly broke before it was severed. Also, in previous games,
1: like um, talked about Volcana last time, but like it, how it whips its tail forward, and you hear the whoosh like the wishing whip mm-hmm. noise, uh, and also with uh, Nargacuga's tail and Zinogre's tail, just great tail sound effects really like the in it sounds like a mallet and you feel like the weight of it like like a mattress slapping down on the ground hard yeah i wonder if the foley guy actually got like a mattress or something <laughs> swung <laughs> it around the room
0: <laughs> that's a funny thought <laughs> i always love love how uh sounds are created um in movies and stuff like my favorite example is the uh the Balrog from the Lord of the Rings You know that that grady growl he does It's literally someone Dragging a cinder block ac- On a rope across the wooden floor Of the sound studio Yeah,
1: yeah that makes sense
0: and I'm like oh cool That actually sounded like really good
1: <laughs> And uh, Lugiana's um, roar is just Optimus Prime dying in Transformers 2 Rise of the Fallen maybe It's called I don't know
0: rise of the fallen yeah i think i think that's what it is yeah i don't know cyber i I hated (laughs) i hated the transformer movies so much i loved the first one but then the second one i just uh i was doing movie reviews for my company at the time and like that was the one i had to watch so i had to i had to review the ghetto bots that was just that was rough um
1: actual racism (laughs) in a movie from hollywood
0: oh well wow.
1: how wow, singular an yeah. example of
0: that. um <laughs> so uh i think Zenoger's uh update to his fur his lightning it all looks really great um it, there's another general problem that i'm finding with roars uh i talked about hey, it's kind of cool that they did this to Zenoger. they did it to narga kuga I swear that, that, um, do you ever, do you ever play Mario Kart 64, Haru? Yeah, yeah,
1: at my friend's house.
0: Yeah, so, do you remember Bowser's, like, rah, like that? No, like, <laughs> that like 10 years ago. Right, so, look that up sometime. I remember, like, Donut like Lava, Lava
1: Battle Arena or something.
0: Yeah, okay. So anytime that uh, Bowser gets a boost or something like that, he makes this, like, excited, like, Bowser roar, right? hmm That's literally what Glavinus sounds like to me. I'm like, oh, Bowser's here. And my brother's like, what do you mean Bowser? Oh, it's Glavinus. The, he's got the Bowser roar. And he's like, holy crap, you're right. <laughs> like, they've really messed, like, in some ways they've done good. And in other ways, they've kind of just, like, destroyed how certain monsters sound to me. Like, they just changed them too much. Like, Glavinus had a good roar in the trailer. Like, the Glavinus roar we heard that was sort of a tip-off. Like, obviously we saw him, too. But, the, like, the teaser thing was like, yeah, that's Glavinus. That's good. That's his roar. And now it's like, it sounds like Bowser. Like, why why, why is it different? And Zanogar, he got some other sounds mixed in with his Howl. And his Howl is, like, not as, like, echoey, I guess.
1: Hello. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it doesn't reverberate as much. Yeah, that's probably a better way to say it. And I don't know. Like, I feel like we've lost some sound quality on Monster Roars for some reason. Um, Maybe they're just trying to take it in a new direction, but, like... Clavinus,
1: uh, in particular, uh, always weirded me out from the first time we saw it in that trailer. Because its roar sounds mm-hmm. like a tinny, like it, like a striking effect with its tail, but it's just roaring. There's nothing... Unless it has, like, Transformers throat with all the gears and things lashing against each other. Like that, like right. the tinny, like it always sounded like something was happening happening physically um but it was just roaring but yeah i think they I don't I think know. they kept that sound effect at least in part in world cuz they're all like i know naragakuga still got its um whatever it was yeah it
0: still got its panther growl <laughs> it's panther scream. yeah like the real
1: rasply anyway um do you want to move on
0: yeah 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 uh <laughs> I'm just like there was a lot of things that I've been thinking of lately that Zenogar kind of embodied all at once. Like, <laughs> um, so the next one uh, we're going to talk about. By the way, Zenogar is post final boss. Um, this is like right after Valkana is seething basil Gies? or or seething Beetlejuice, as I like to call them. Um, fun fight. I've only seen him once though. Yeah. Same.
1: I mean, it was sort of just normal basil geese with, um, but now it's neon purple.
0: Yeah, it's 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 uh it's rave basil geese. Um I do like his new, uh, what we'll call it the water sprinkler of pods. <laughs> his ultimate attack, where he just sort of like flips around and all those pods just go flying everywhere, like it's it's like a water sprinkler, like. <laughs> right, that's that's what and I was then, talking uh, about
1: with like all these monsters and Iceborne spawn and they're sort of like aura teostris renova effects attacks.
0: Yeah, they they're super attack, yeah, they're yeah. super Yeah, builds. Yeah, they're super attack uh for sure. Uh I don't know, did Z- didn't really get a different one. I don't think. Or I've not seen it. I've always knocked him out of his charge state before it's happened. Is did he get his super move?
1: Well, I mean, I think the cannonballs would be sort of that, but it's not, it's not like everything has the same supernova-type, like, concentric uh, ring attack. Just a lot of them. True. Uh, like, Just a like lot, two more yeah. Elder Dragons we'll get into here.
0: Yeah. Um, so, Seething Basil Geese is... It's a fun fight, but, yeah, essentially it's no different from the other original Basil Geese. And I guess in terms of, like... What you can fight in Master Rank, I think he's just supposed to replace Basil Geese, but I have not seen him crash a hunt yet. Um, Now, I've seen Savage Devil Joe crash a lot of (laughs) hunts, but I've not seen Seething Basil Geese, Um, whereas he used to be so prevalent in High Rank. So... I don't know, I, I don't know Like he's so rare, I have stuff to fight him as far as investigations but that's like for when I I'm saving those back for when I go crown hunting I wasn't really all that impressed with the armor or weapons and that kind of stuff like it's just basil geese but I do like the new explosions from the when the, the pods are purple or blue they really look like pine cones uh, now
1: just like microwave pine cones
0: <laughs> yeah, and they're kind of like bubble up and then boom and then like it's a bigger explosion but it's a nice way to show that they're stronger at least because they take more build up to blow up and also the ones that don't do that before he's enraged are just like blowing up on impact like when he is enraged like there's a lot of hey here's the other monster when it's enraged now here's a second level of enraged which is a lot of what the variants or subspecies are you know Yes, they they mean different things. say variants and subspecies, but you know, as far as purposes in hunting the game, they act the same. They're still treated as a separate monster. In quotations, what
1: um, I just have one question for you, Fortran. What is mm-hmm. what is the the purple scales? What are those supposed to be?
0: From from Beetlejuice? Yeah. The. I don't know the blast pods that he has on him. There's modified scales that have an explosive in them, as far as I remember.
1: But why are they like purple, and why are they like a lasery?
0: Because he's variant. Very... I... <laughs> like this is know. my
1: problem with this monster: is it just feels like the like puffy up, like the animation on the on the scales exploding, just feels sort of like mm-hmm. half finished, and it, it looks sort of. I don't know, gamey and like it's all in a simulation, man. (laughs) It just doesn't look like something that takes place in this world. I don't know, I just don't know why it's like it it was this fire exploding monster that would secrete this oil into an explosive and now it glows purple and I just don't know why.
0: Supposedly because it's higher powered and mixed with some other chemical I would think, but yeah, it's it's there to service the game more, though than more so than um, uh, ecology right. and realism. Yeah, I guess.
1: I mean, I guess there's other colors of fire, and it could be some chemical reaction. They just didn't really flesh that
0: out. Yeah, i i have um, I have a feeling that when Rajon comes out, um. I'm getting more of a sinking feeling that um, they only care about ecology to a degree because I feel like my whole, I feel very good reasoning of (laughs) why Rajongs won't eat Kirins and don't have a society to create a ritual to (laughs) eat Kirin horns is a thing, but I feel I'm going to be proven wrong by what comes in when Rajon comes in, so I kind of feel like the Basil Geese thing is like, wouldn't it be cool if, rather than here's an explanation of why this happens.
1: <laughs> right. But yeah, I guess the subspecies always kind of sucked about ecology, and like, just the base main games, like numbered games, are going to be yeah. better about them. Because that's the actual, like, intended design of those monsters, and like, their original com- com- right. concept without like, over-complicating them. By, oh, I don't know throwing fungal spores all over their body just for instance just picking a random example of thin air
0: (laughs) oh man (laughs) um so uh i that's all i had to say about beetlejuice so you you get on that
1: one it's a bird it's a plane oh god what's it doing what what why
0: it's a it's a lawn dart it's a bird it's a plane it's a lawn dart definitely a
1: rat (laughs) of all things it's Maybe 50% Rathian. Oh, man. Um,
0: yeah, this is one of those things that just kind of brush off ecologically as a monster. They're like, eh, the lore is a Rathian and a Kutku mated. I'm yeah. like, dude, that totally wouldn't happen. Like, not just, like, from... There's so many reasons why that wouldn't happen. Yeah, they're not even the same. Least of which... Like, classes, They're not creature. even the same creature type. So, like... I don't know it's not like a, a donkey and a horse and we come out with a mule like it's not <laughs> I guess it's, it doesn't work that way guys <laughs> I guess it's
1: tough because the bird like bird wyverns I've always used the flying wyvern skeleton even if they're not technically flying wyverns I mean even Kaku or no right. even Kalumu and Puke Puke like one's a bird wyvern one's a flying wyvern there's no difference in like their physical bodies like they're the same right. skeleton exactly and even model parts. They both got... With the wings. They
0: both got that kazoo, stretchy neck, flying wyvern skeleton. <laughs> with no kazoo. Uh, but, like... Mm, yeah, the long-necked flying wyvern. They're not really good at classifying monsters, anyways. So... Yeah. I feel like I'm going to have to, one of these days, just do like a write-up to say, Okay, here's what the official classifications are here's what they should be.
1: <laughs> oh boy. Give yourself some work.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. There's there's a lot of things I feel like need fixed uh, as far as like explaining them better. But yeah, so Yi and Garuga uh, makes a dutiful return into Monster Hunter without a Cutku, it seems. Which was like something I was like expecting because like how do you have Yi and Garuga without Cutku? Also called Yi and Cutku. Apparently you do it in Iceborne. That's okay. Uh, the fight isn't really all that new. Like, there's not a lot of new things other than the lawn dart. And when I say the lawn dart, it's he jumps up into the air, folds his wings in, and plants his face in the ground like he was thrown, <laughs> like, an arrow into the ground.
1: Yeah, probably... Weird attack. Probably brain damage. Mm-hmm. Sort of a sort of, sort of of t- tactic. Um,
0: well... Supposedly, it's a very hard beak, right? It's supposed to be sharp, it's supposed to be narrow, it's supposed to be very hard. So it kind of makes sense in the fact that, like, yeah, maybe it could stick itself into the ground. But when you're in places like, I don't know, the solid stone parts of the desert, it's like, hey, you're on, like, stone right now, on a stone bridge. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> Well, I guess <laughs> I think you might have bounced off or something like that. I guess
1: it's helpful because Yangaruga only appears in the guiding lands and the um, the ancient forests, and mostly sticks to the forest right, regions. But you
0: can lure him out onto that stone bridge in the in the, the desert. Is why I said that. Like, oh, yeah, it's just the game mechanic thing. Uh, like, it's just a game mechanic thing. Like. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like uh, the attack would be something a natural animal would do at all. Like, uh, animals do that, but they do it into water to get fish, not into solid ground. <laughs> That's just a good way to break your neck. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, it's kind of strange in general because uh, Yangaruga and um, generally a lot of the second-gen monsters have this sort of like design aesthetic to them that's dated and to see them brought up into HD alongside the monsters that were created for HD, like Odegaran it's a little bit off like there's a little bit of a disconnect there Okay Like Yankaruga just with its beak it's very florally it's very almost like very slight kind of Monster Hunter Frontier kind of very Japanese um, Mm -hmm. kind of Pokemon design uh, or or they're designing these things to very be mascots spiky. as opposed to like actual animals.
0: Yeah, yeah, he does have a very distinctive look with the the white crazy mane and and all that stuff. Did um? By the way, I know I know you're uh you're still maning the longsword. Did you take a look at the Garuga longsword?
1: Yeah, it's the same uh the, the kind of nope. shoal uh, uh halberd kind of weapon
0: that's not what it was in generations at least
1: wasn't it then like for um, you
0: i don't know about for you cuz i didn't touch longsword and for you but um it used to be just the the very wide blade all the way down to the hilt but it was like a very very wide blade um almost similar to the Greatsword in that way um but like it was <laughs> It's very different. Like as far as like uh uh did you see like it has this weird like uh it's ear, you know, they got that ear membrane thing. It's got like a little ear on top of it that waggles around when you're moving. So that's kinda of funny. Maybe I'm thinking <laughs> it's like here's
1: you were the Rushaw on long sword. It's the same sort of halberd design.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this new design is definitely um uh closer to a naginata i think is what it's supposed to look right. like which is a japanese like hey here's like a sword on the end of a stick kind of thing uh to to poorly describe it I'm but... sorry it's, it's like a
1: glaive <laughs> right that's the kind of type of weapon i mean not obviously it's a yeah specific, yeah not like cultural version of that yeah but...
0: yeah a naginata would be close to a glaive yes
1: not a halberd halberd yeah, blade
0: like accent a yeah, Halbert is an axe on the end of a stick, and a glaive is a blade on the end of the Look, stick. Look, I played d and right,
1: guys? I Same here. I spent a lot of time looking at that weapon's yeah. page.
0: Which one? True. Well, during character building, afterwards, i kind of stick with one yeah, or two. Yeah, I right? mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> and, um... Funny story, in D&D, uh, in a, well, Pathfinder 2nd Edition, because I've been trying that out, uh, I actually have a dwarf that uses a glaive as his main weapon, so yay, crossover.
1: <laughs> um, so Yengruga, uh, I thought it was cool how this monster, uh, like a few in Iceborne gets the blue hot uh, flames, or I think it might have been like a purpley tint to them. Uh, but it looked like really like, like that helped convey for for me like why this is different than just. A little, uh, I think, yeah, like just uh, a bird wyvern like Kuropeko uh, which can also use flames, mm-hmm. but it's not that uh, it's not that high intensity. It's not that power level of flames, I suppose.
0: Yeah, true. Yeah, it's it's um, it's got a few changes as far as like those battle mechanics go. Did you get? poisoned by the tail whip
1: yeah I think it's deadly poison the tail
0: flip the tail flip poison you, poisons you but when he's just turning and swinging his tail like that did you get poisoned by that
1: I don't remember
0: traditionally you do I don't think it does it now because I don't think I've seen anyone get poisoned by that and I think I've seen a few people get hit by that move now I haven't actually got hit by that move yet um, and I fought him a few times, but I fought Garuga a lot, so I don't have a lot of problems dodging his attacks, especially my current build uses a max level of evade window because I'm a hammer and I'd like to be able to not get hit by certain things. Man. But the. Um, I don't know if it still poisons or not. I, I haven't been able to see that. But that would be something that would have been a change for to make it easier. That's for sure.
1: I, I remember getting yeah, poisoned I a it. lot during the fight. So I don't think they've removed a lot of sources of poison. Right. Um, yeah. I, I always like that. That's
0: one of the things is he's a big poison monster. He's between him and camellius. They're like the leaders of like poison in the series.
1: Yeah. The, the move, I think that's most, uh, uh I guess, Unique to this monster is where it sort of flies up to you and then instantly tail flips. So mm. so it can actually close distance and tail flip, unlike Rathian, which makes it sort of like a more agile version.
0: Yeah, that they actually that's recently added into the series, but I wouldn't say Iceborne added that because they did that to him in Generations Ultimate. Oh yeah, I know it's where, it was
1: there in like four years yeah. or something.
0: Yeah, he's that that quick fly like, whoosh, and then flip, and Generation's ultimate he does it twice in a row when he's enraged. Great. No, like he did it here. He's like flip, fly away, come back, flip, and I'm like, whoa, whoa that's a
1: fair <laughs> fair move to use.
0: Yeah, Ugh. but yeah, like I like Yangaruga. Uh, I I always have uh, to a degree because again I like every monster, um, but. Uh, The new iteration of him, it feels a little better. I feel like, because I'm no longer using uh, Mind's Eye in my hammer build, Um, I got rid of it in in favor of uh, flinch-free, because, yeah, I needed that. Um but like I feel like I wasn't bouncing as much as a normal Garuga would. I feel like they kinda gave a little little bit more leeway on how much you bounce off of him. Uh, his wings are still particularly hard. And I think the shaft of his tail is pretty hard. Which mm. has always been true, but I don't I think they're more forgiving. Like I don't think you need to have like white sharpness. I think you need to have blue to get through that stuff. I think what's sharp which is mm-hmm. It's just a little, e- little easier on that front, I think.
1: Um, I think what struck me about Garuga is it's very, it's a very combo centric wo- uh, monster, uh, where mm-hmm. it will, it'll do its beak peck and send you flying, and as you get up, it'll, it'll, like instantly blow its wings back and and do that sort of ra- rathalos uh, lift off fireball, and mm-hmm. um, hit you in the back with it, after it's after it's kind of outmaneuvered you. So it's it's a very quirky monster,
0: of course. It's true. It is. It is what do they call it the the, the crazy uh, one. Crazy? Yeah. The crazy one. And it fits. It is kind of a crazy monster. Um yeah. So I don't have anything else to say about him, do you? Uh no, and it looks like our next customer
1: uh, has a bunch of superfluous spores coming off of its skin. That's strange.
0: <laughs> yeah, um. So Zanogre, uh, and uh, and Garuga are post uh post final boss content. Uh, Black Veil is uh, like immediately after Valkana you get Seething Basil Geese, but then you get a Split between Black Veil and the next one we're going to talk about. Uh, but Black Veil, Valhazic, which...
1: Immediate disappointment. I have a problem with this. Because you have to do the researching uh, for this monster. And you see, like, yeah. uh, disease spores. And it's like, ooh, that sounds cool. Are they going to do another plant monster, like Leshen? Nope. It's just mm-hmm. sort of Valhazak, but very foggy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, so the thing... I actually like Val Valhazak or Valhazak, however you want to say it. Uh, I like him a lot because, uh, you know, I wore his armor throughout the base game of World High Rank. Um, and I just didn't... I wanted to change it up quite a bit because I wore that armor for so long. Um, but, like, the new iteration of him, the only thing I don't really like is the fact that he's called Black Veil. He's white. Like sure he looks darker like the there's parts of him that look white but the spores are white the fog is white the gear he makes is white like what why black veil it sounds cool but it's wrong (laughs) like it's just aesthetically wrong
1: (laughs) yeah um, um this uh you fight in the ancient forest, right, so all the effluvium, which is normally, like, mm-hmm. green light, uh, it's not darkened as much by the environmental and the lighting, and they give Valhazak, who didn't have a, any sort of, like, weather effect before, because he lived down in the caves, uh, He what what he had was, when you're in the same area with him, you'd see effluvial spores just, like, sort of ambiently uh, th- uh, rising out of the ground, Not not, like, the damaging versions, just, like, ambient versions. Mm. but in the ancient forest they tilt they tint the lighting so it's like a kind of a gross green color for no reason uh, like yeah. when you're under the tree tree, tree shade so it's, it's very jungly
0: like he's polluting the very environment he's in
1: yeah I don't know it, it, it kind of that... seemed like seizing basil geese like this is sort of like a effect they tried and they weren't it's basically just Valkana's desaturating effect with cold lighting, except mm-hmm. except green.
0: I mean, yeah, that that was a bit of an odd choice. Um, I like I like the the idea that it is you know spores instead of the rotting, whatever gases from the rotten veil. Like he's kind of like adapted to be outside of that area, which is kind of cool, but. There's some there's some different like there's some differences of the fight that make it a little more annoying um, because like those spores are actually attached to different parts of him like his left chest has a cluster of spores uh, there's one on his right wing uh, there's a cluster of spores on his head um, that sort of covers up his eyes so it looks like he's got this the part partially why it might be called veil because it's over his face. And he actually, you can't see his eyes until you break the head the first time, or at all, The break the head. Yeah, all that detail um, with which,
1: the, the faux fo- eyes and the double jaw, you just can't see anymore because it's just covered up by a bunch of pulsating junk.
0: Well, the double jaw is still there, but yeah, the eyes, the the very striking, almost like large deep water fish aquatic eyes, are not there until you break that. Um and then, like, I think the tail also has a cluster, but those clusters are what actually is kind of producing all that stuff. Uh, you know, the, the spore effluvia, um, which is still blocked by effluvia resistance and that kind of stuff. But, like, the, the... What makes it annoying is, like, you can be standing there, and, like, some of his attacks cause it to just rapidly puff out smoke. So, like, there's a... Like a bit of like, hey, I'm trying to hit this part. Like, oh no, there's now like spore dust all over me and I'm dying. Like, I got to get out of here. So it's a little bit more of a difficult to position fight, I feel. Even though those spores are a good weak point to hit. Like, they're a really good weak point to hit. He takes a lot of damage when you hit him there. But like, yeah, they will harm you. Pretty bad if you're not paying attention.
1: Yeah, he's got a couple of new attacks. I think one, he sort of uh, vertically billows smoke uh, in the sort of cloud form, not the laser form. And then another one, Mm -hmm. he'll he'll do sort of like a fade slash, where he snakes backwards and like spins his head left to right, like a dragon breathing fire, just breathing the clouds of Mm -hmm. of effluvium. That always move further than you expect them to because it's kind of hard to parse how far the effects are going to roll in towards
0: you. Right. I noticed that that particular attack ticks faster, but for a significantly less amount of damage, which is weird. It's just like it's got its own damage table or effect or whatever, that specific, like, uh, spray and walk backwards. Like, I don't know what it is, that that does something different.
1: You mean when you iframe through it?
0: no it's it's pretty normal like like i've been hit by it you know without dodging just being out of position trying to drink and it's just like slowly eating my health and i'm like what 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 is this like it doesn't actually do like the the normal like effluvia like harder ticks it's weird very Uh, weird
1: does it not knock you down i thought i got knocked down by it
0: Mm -mm. not when he's backing up no
1: Okay, so it's, it's more like, Although, the, I guess, Cold it's like Lava Breath.
0: Right. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, the, other, the other thing is, uh, it actually is... <clears throat> I like the design of it quite a bit. I like the idea. Um, I, but th- they did add a super move, is what I was going to say. The, uh, the super move is like, it builds up all this effluvia, And then it goes up, and it looks really cool, and then boom. But then there's this ring of effluvia around him that just stays. And you're like, this is annoying. So either you're trapped inside of the arena or you're outside of the arena. And when you're in group fights, like group hunts, that is annoying to deal with. Wait, what is it? And just running... What's it? super move again? He goes up in the air, and he just explodes in effluvia. Now, he gets the effluvia off of him. He basically, you know, like uh, whatever aura that elder dragons have they spend it to do those super moves and they have to build it up again um so his aura is spent but there's a ring of effluvia around him uh like a, i would say a good like 50 feet from the center of where he did that is just a giant ring of effluvia and so either you're stuck in the arena of Fluvia, uh, inside of the ring like sort of a small arena to fight him or you're outside and you have to lure him out of the ring. But he does like to spam his beams also. So it's it's kind of a annoying. It's cool to look at, but like in, in mechanics it's very annoying to deal with. Because running through that ring is severely damaging. Um, yeah, I didn't even... Because you're walking through a fluvia.
1: I remember him flying up in the air, but I didn't even really get hit by that attack. Um,
0: no, it doesn't really do any sort of hit. It just creates that ring. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, the ring is what's the damaging part of it. And it's just annoying. Like, it's not a big, like, it's it's a super attack. It does it like everything else. It pans out the camera. Of course, if you still have the flash camera on, most people don't. Um, I do. <laughs> so it still does that camera pan thing, or wides, you know, zooms out really far, and then, boom. And the fluvia goes everywhere, and you're like, cool, that didn't hit me, because it does, I don't think it does a hit, but that effluvia is just like encircling you in with it if you're near it, or keeping you away if you're far away. Yeah, I'm just
1: kind of disappointed because Valhaisak was basically one of my favorite new monsters, and I was really excited for the G rank version of him. Like, even if, if they only added like one new attack, it's just this whole uh, Black Veil, not really into the concept of. Mm-hmm. Uh, not on, I, it'd be cool if it was like a, it's own monster but as black as of all his oxen species. it's kind of strange and that super move yeah I, I don't know what they could have done, but it just seems like it was easy to avoid
0: uh it's it's when you're in when you're in a multi hunt, it's a little more annoying than when you're a single player because if you're a single player, you're like, okay, I'll just keep doing what I was doing like (laughs) but yeah multi hunts you're like you got like a gunner on the outside and a dude on the inside and now he's running back and forth through the effluvia and you're both kind of just stranded you know like okay well I can't get to you because I'll probably die or you know I'll have to heal through it or something you probably won't die but you'll get hurt quite a bit more so than I would be comfortable with getting hurt and like (laughs) It's annoying, and of course, if you're caught in the ring, you'll take a significant amount of damage too.
1: So, do you like uh, um, do you like these uh, the Z moves they've added for these monsters?
0: Z moves, for the most part, yes. Um, I like they're cool; they're good ideas. Uh, I think in this case, it's a little weird. Um, I kind of get what they're doing mechanically with it. It just feels. Awkward. Feels too gamey. You right. know what I mean? To have just like, here's just a ring of effluvia around him now. Um, just sort of sits there. I feel like it should be, if it was a little more realistic, it's a cloud of effluvia that covers that area and it's like, get out now or get killed. You know what right. I mean? Kind of like a Kulve Teroth. They, they could even like make it sort of like, like uh, on
1: the dense effluvia where you could see it sort of like pouring off of the cloud and like have it look real toxic
0: right or something yeah they could have done something a little different with this one um in general yes but not in this one in particular even though i like the monster
1: i'm trying to think um, uh when was the first monster super move was it was it like hyacris's discharge in three
0: very first monster super move was the uh, as far as i remember is Teoster's nova in the second gen. no that
1: was added in four it was after Lagiacrus. You sure? Mhm. It didn't happen mm. in Second Journey. But yeah, that's like the very iconic one that everyone goes to. But it's it's basically just Lagiacrus' discharge, but but in the air.
0: Nah, no, there's there's some earlier ones. I think Crimson Fatalis had one. Um, where he called meteors down. I think White Fatalis has one. I haven't fought him near as much, because he's harder to get to fight. Um, Some of the older, super Elder Dragons have, like, a super move. Um, But, yeah, yeah, you're right. The Taoster didn't come in. I might have been confusing Taoster with Crimson Fatalis, because they're not the same, but it's all a bunch of fire and death and brimstone. (laughs) (laughs) Um yeah, I think I think that the oldest super moves come from the Fatalist brothers.
1: Yeah, I guess that makes sense, because they're very much that way, as monsters.
0: Yeah, although Black Fatalist doesn't have a super move and never has, he just does his thing. But it's the Gray Fatalist. It's not black. It's... <laughs> yeah, there's black, red, and white. Um, okay. So I don't have much to say on Black Veil anymore. What about you?
1: Yeah, we were kind of just um, uh, tangenting a
0: lot. Spitballing. <laughs> um, so the 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 next one um, is Nami La, and I was very excited to see Nami La uh, from the trailers and that kind of stuff because we don't get water uh, water element um, monsters, you know, very often. I think Amatsu is probably the biggest Elder Dragon it was water. Uh, you know, we get here and there but a lot of times the water monsters end up being like lower tier or even mid tier although Plesiath has always been a high tier uh, you know, on the, on the, you know, the cusp before fighting the whatever boss of that monster's rank. I think Celtus Queen um, and
1: Mizutsune were the only fourth gen ones or the big fourth gen ones. I mean, there's a normal Celtus but...
0: Right, yeah, and like... Even then, like, few and far between. I guess, um... Oh, what's his name? The monkey with a proboscis. Catch, um, catch
1: him. Catch a watcher.
0: <laughs> catch a watcher. There you go. Had to get through the memes to get to the real name. Catch a watcher was also water element, I think. But that was it. There's. It's a very rare type in the in the game. Um, so I'm glad to see Nami Alley come in. However... I was very surprised to see he's also a lightning element, and it's been—it's not very often outside of Alatrion you get multi-element monsters. Yeah, they—they they, so, they,
1: they totally troll us because oh yeah, Mammal is a water element monster. They showed us that clip with the darkness and the wave. No darkness involved in this fight. Lots of lots of lightning and right. and like it's very like oceanic monster. I love it.
0: Right. And so it reminds me, it definitely reminds me of the ocean, especially because of the lightning part, because it kind of looks like it makes it look like salty. Like when it, when it, uh, so basically, uh, you looked this up, and I uh, electrophoresis. Electrophoresis is basically is the
1: process of running phoresis, uh, yeah. electricity through water to disassociate the uh, individual elements. And because oxygen and hydrogen are gases. Uh, water mm-hmm. water turns all into gas it evaporates but it also expands rapidly it, like boils essentially because gases right. are going to be much larger take a much more volume than same amount of matter as water
0: so when Nami LA does certain attacks or does some stuff like we saw in, in the trailers and that kind of stuff he'll make waves of water they're pretty damaging um, but that leaves the water on the ground and now, and now you're like it's just water, whatever, right? If you get hit by it, you get water blight, which sucks because water blight and ice blight are both terrible on your stamina. Um, is it ice blight that it recovers bad, and water blight that it goes down faster? I think.
1: I think water is it doesn't recover uh, as much an ice blight as it goes down faster. You'll you'll eat through it easily. Because okay. water, oh, flipped, I remember then. water is like it just exhausts you. Like you, you'll just have no stamina. Yeah. It's, you'll be using stamina, and it just doesn't come back. Trying to recover yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Um, so, anyways, like the water blight, whatever. It's on its own. It's annoying, but it's not like game breaking. But like the water is everywhere, and that by itself won't give you water blight. But then you're like, why is he turning blue? Bzzzt. And he just like, oh, I'm standing in water. Now, granted, it's not. It won't, like, if the whole field is water, it won't hit the whole field. It's still an area of effect, which is kind of, a, like, a game thing. Like, I was like, oh, okay, I guess it doesn't conduct out that far. But like, <laughs> but it's still an interesting mechanic, a very surprise mechanic. Um, well... I love this monster. Same. Like, uh this the the design of it is really good um i've seen like the armor i'm not particularly fond of the abilities on the armor for for my, myself personally but i think they're cool still um i like the design of a lot of stuff he is like the design of the monster's cool that wonderful roar that uh I dem- I, you don't know this horror because you may not have listened to this episode. But, you know, when I did the mock roar and you're like, yeah, do it for us. I actually substituted in the real roar over mine <laughs> from the trailer. Right. But, uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I love that roar. It's so good. Um, the uh, Which is the, like the, the weird you know like you know, they talked about doing the double roars that kind of like distort the, what the old roar is it works pretty well for a new monster when you don't have anything to attach it to it very to. much sounds um, like some
1: sort of uh, oceanic creature above ground above water
0: yeah yeah it sounds like it's trying to use like you know echo location and that kind of stuff you would hear underwater too like all that clicking and stuff while it's attacking and it's pretty cool stuff Uh <laughs> The uh, I was going to. Uh, I was trying to think. There was something I. Uh, something about Namiele. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually had a discussion about crown hunting. Have you still found not found anything that's a different size for Namiele? Uh,
1: I've hunted like five or seven of them, and they're all uh-huh. the same size, I believe.
0: Yeah, see, that's super disappointing because. I don't have her. If it doesn't have crowns, then like, why would I keep fighting it other than, you know, to just play the fun. video game
1: for trying to enjoy yourself?
0: But I, I, I like crown hunting. I really do. It feels really weird if it doesn't have crowns. Now, this is based off of a small amount of data, based off of my two or just one. I may have only killed one so far, and it was my story one. Uh, like,. And you had like five which is a lot more convincing because normally you know the second monster you get a different size but it's possible to get the same size um so and i'm not seeing anything online or reddit or anything that says that there isn't or is a crown for namiele because like let's face it crown hunting isn't exactly the most popular thing but like I have no clue why they would not include this on the crown hunting considering similar monsters like, um, and, like, this sort of tier of monster all have crowns. Like, why would they not? Well,
1: um, Namiel is built off the sort of Nergagante and Kormagala skeleton and I think it's probably the biggest of them short of, like, Xenogiva and our next monster. Uh,
0: it is a rather large monster, but they could still do sizes. Like, Gore Magala has sizes. Yeah, this thing's like, twice the Gore Megala's
1: size, I feel like. Because, like...
0: Not Chaos Gore, I don't think. I don't know if Chaos Gore has Daniel's sizes,
1: though. span. wingspan. Uh, its wings are just so large. Um, like, when it flies or Like, the, it's such a layered visual metaphor, just like Balthazar. Um Right. Uh so when it flies around it'll look like gormagala with its black wings sort of stretching out wide but then sometimes mm-hmm. when it's just flying around the area short ter- short distance it'll pull its w- wing tips in like a like a jellyfish or like a vampire squid and it'll like it'll like uh bring them all to the tips of its wings all to a point and it'll like uh fall down on the ground and then like sting you with electricity before like pumping its uh its wings and like and like uh gaining lift again and floating off a bit across the area. It's such a cool yeah. uh just like visual uh fight. And I wanted to uh talk a little bit about the sort of stages of it. Because as well as trolling us okay. with the the element of this monster, they also only showed us one version of its uh of its hide, which is sort of like a darkened version of its like normal uh, yellow or orange and blue coloration. Uh, under its wings, it looks very like wet and like reflective uh, with with those colorations. Uh, but then when it starts using electricity, I, I don't know if it's like an enrage or or whatever. Um, it'll get sort of electric uh, striations. Uh, through its wings and it almost looks like it changes color yes. entirely because it just like it like changes the reflectiveness of the wings it's not just like adding like green electricity here and there it's like it it, it underlies mm. the whole like uh, lighting of the wings and how reflective they are
0: right yeah it's <laughs> it's a very cool monster i love the bioluminescence i love the the this sort of, like, because, like, a lot of uh, deep sea creatures have this sort of strobing light down them. And the wings do that. Uh, you see that in the intro and that kind of stuff. Like, very cool design. Um, so I just looked this up uh, while we were talking. There is crowns for this. Now that there is a little bit more information, it's been out a little longer, there are crowns for Namiel. I am right? super How unlucky. You did five? I have,
1: like, literally, like, seven Namiel's. That are all the right. same size.
0: So there's a there's there's a YouTube video out there by um I'll go ahead and plug him, Gaming with Abyss, teaching you how to spot the size differences for both small and large crowns for Namiele. And it seems that like the comments are saying like, hey, uh like thanks for the help, I actually got it, and that kind of stuff. So like it looks like some people have actually also confirmed that there are different crown sizes. For this monster which you like we were playing together uh and you said that it was like, me you and my brother playing and i that threw me for a loop like we were trying to do something to prepare for the next time and i spent like five minutes searching it like no way this has to have crowns one I'm might like- even
1: <laughs> say it was a minor freak because <laughs> like does Tigrex
0: have <laughs> crowns
1: does young garuga have crowns Yeah.
0: Like yeah, we went we went I went down a rabbit hole cuz I love crown hunting. Like uh, I'm probably going to keep doing that in uh, um Generations Ultimate, you know, as I go. Actually, I've been playing a couple other games on my Switch lately, but you know, today's not the day to talk about other games right now. <laughs> um so yeah, uh cool, really cool monster. Uh I think it's I think it's safe to say it's my one of my favorites in the uh, the Iceborne. One of these days, I think we need to do a, uh, an episode where we rank all of the Iceborne monsters. Because um, we never did that for World. But so, so rank all 63 monsters. <laughs> oh, boy. Um,
1: so I did want to touch on its super move. Um, okay. Where it'll, yeah, I forgot it'll about that. Splatter. And it, it's kind of strange because the, the water is sort of just like a 2D effect that has sort of a, a flowing animation applied to the to the ground, so if the ground's, like, lumpy, it won't be, like, water where it lies on it uniformly, it'll be, like, yeah, lumpy it just water. Yeah, does its thing. Um, how they explain it in the tracks uh-huh. is they call it, like, a watery slime, it's not technically water, um, and now, right. now it can, like, cast waves across its watery slime, or it, you can do this cool thing where it, like, shifts the the current of its slime, so to like, push you while you're standing on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um...
0: And that's the stuff that gives you water blight. Yeah, it'll lure
1: you into attacks, um, that way. But... yeah. Um, but, but, when it, with its super move, it, like, uh, jumps up into the air, at the same time it's, it's spitting a bunch of watery slime all over the ground in a huge circle. Like, uh, basically just, like, we walked mm-hmm. into a Super Mario Sunshine level and you got, got a lot to clean up. <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah. And Could you imagine? And it and it just hangs in the air for a moment, and it comes crashing down, and you see like it, it it's like Zenachieva like pushing its arms into the into the crystal before it just like the your whole screen just turns white like boiling, like boiling uh, water because it electrifies all of that huge circle of water it just put down, and just creates this huge like supernova.
0: Right, huh? The. Yeah, that one I forgot about because like I haven't actually got hit by that move, but it is scary. Like like you're like, oh no, he's like this one I feel is telegraphed very well, but when you see that go up and all that steam puff up when he electrifies it, you're like, oh, that wasn't good. Um, let me ask, do you ha- actually have the flash cut fly camera on or off?
1: Flash fly camera.
0: Where. It, they used to do that thing where it would jerk the camera behind you when you're leaving camp if you left too quick. Probably have that off because
1: um, like when Legiana jumps into
0: the sky, I don't see it go up. Okay. Yeah, the Flashfly camera is the, fly. the thing that's... Yeah, whatever. Scoutfly camera. There you go. Uh, the scout fly camera... Yeah, the Flashfly camera makes is what those...
1: uh, is what J.J. Abrams uses shoes movies. Yes.
0: Yes. You are not Topical wrong. joke. Topical <laughs> joke from 2012. Uh, uh, lens flare everywhere. Um, the, uh, the where it pulls out, like that, you know something's going down when the scout fly camera pulls out. Cause, and it does that for a lot of these super moves. And I'm like, Ugh, no. Because, like, uh, uh, I just remember I was, like, I was really close to its, like, back leg or something and uh when i was fighting it in the story quest and it just pulled out and i'm like uh-uh running this way i don't even want to see what you know i don't even want to be <laughs> near it when something's going down and then it did that and all that steam came up and stuff and i was like oh boy <laughs> i'm glad i was not standing there <laughs> i don't think so, it pretty i don't think it
1: one shots unless you have like super negative resistance i don't even know what damage would it be water or electricity
0: it probably is both. Yeah. Uh, if, we're, if we're being honest, it probably does both. Uh, which I'm not really weak to either. Uh, I think I, I'm only super weak to, like, no, it might be water. It might be both water and, um, uh, ice that I'm super weak to. I know I have a lot of decent resistances for, for things, but then, like, two of them are just abysmal on my set. Um, so it might have... It might have been... I know Ice is one, and I'm pretty sure Water is the other um,
1: one. thinking about
0: it. So it might have killed
1: after me. After using this attack, Namiel goes into a third phase where... It's so cool for a monster that's added just to the Coral Highlands because its skin bleaches and desaturates into this gray-white sort of, yeah. like, muscly color. Um, yeah. And, and it's great because all the throughout the fight you don't really see its, um, its bioluminescence... Uh, Lines that come down to each of each, each of its of the bones and swing. But in this you can really see yep. them stand out. Uh, these lights turn on and it contrasts against the monster. and it sort of like mirrors the whole uh, bleached uh, leached vibrant dichotomy in the coral highlands, which is sort of you know yeah. I mean that's like real life, right? Coral reefs are 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 dying out. Mm-hmm. so it's sort of like uh, uh, reflective in that way. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if it's like um, weak spots change. I don't know the actual like if it's an enrage, if it's a exhaust or what what's going on. But
0: if um, you had enough research level, I bet it would show because it it does a really good job about showing different states. Because uh, Vulgar Anjanath actually shows you like hey, enraged or not enraged has different resistances. Right. No, I have, so, I have
1: four research stars, and it doesn't show any any different weak spots. But I don't know if it like has yeah, different. So it, like attack values or like hidden variables
0: oh there's probably all sorts of hidden stuff <laughs> there always has been like you would think that Beria not Beria what is his name Basarius and Gravius uh, wouldn't have any sort of fire weakness unless you break their stomach then they have super fire weakness <laughs> on the stomach but hey you know
1: <laughs> you burn very often it's just
0: yeah cause like you break his whatever protective shell that keeps him from you know getting hurt swimming in lava that makes
1: a lot of sense actually
0: but yeah um so that I think for me that's it for Nami LA do you have anything else to add other than he's super new awesome new favorite
1: monster D&D uh needs to be my warlock character's patron that's about it mmm Okay. I think they
0: made the Kraken. Anyway, that's the tension. No, no, I, I get what you're saying. It's it's cool. <laughs> I don't play warlocks, but I get where you're, I get where you're going with this. Um, so the uh, second to last monster we're going to talk about, and is the actual final boss, is Shara Ishvalda, which is a cool name, <laughs> um, but he's just a, which is just a bunch of question marks when you're actually fighting him. Um, this fight has many stages it's also very difficult for an end boss but not um, not like backbreakingly difficult uh, Unless you're playing long
1: sword or great sword that just it' always it always uh, moves
0: yeah. yeah that is that is a bit of a problem so stage one um, my brother likes to point out it looks like a sphinx and I don't I get where he's coming from because the stone wings and stuff, but basically he's like a big boulder covered in rock and it really weird. And you're like, this is a weird looking monster. It looks uh, like a giant, like but,
1: doge rock elemental.
0: Right. <laughs> With like these big, like finger, like wings that are made of rocks. And you're like, huh? This is weird. This is not very Monster Hunter-like. It's very... It um,
1: literally looks like Shadow of the Colossus in its face, because that sort of, like, boxy structure mm-hmm. and the sort of, like, strange and eyes sort of like, that you can't really read.
0: Yeah, this the strange eyes hiding behind that rock <clears throat> and geometric shapes on its face and stuff. And you're and like you end up like breaking a lot of parts off of it, like a lot. But that's kind of the point is to sort of break the rocks off, and then uh, that fight in itself is is very exciting, very fun. And you find out that that noise or whatever that the the song was actually its wings vibrating, which is which is interesting. Although I don't really buy it, but I, it's interesting. Um, and it has this cool mechanic when it's doing that. It actually vibrates the sand enough that it turns it into, like, a liquid. So you actually have to have, like, Meyer Walker to do well in the fight to you. Well, you don't have to have it. But if you're in melee range, Meyer Walker will actually help. Which is interesting because this... There's a couple of skills that work really good against Shara Valda that a lot of times people are like, ignore those skills. They mean nothing. And Meyer Walker, Part Breaker, and what's the other one? Um, uh there's the tremor tremor resistance like you right. need a lot of, you need a lot of tremor resistance for most people are like oh I'll just iframe it you're not iframing any of this shit man you're just not it's too long um, um so, so, yeah it's it's just a really
1: cool narrative device how they framed this because the monster's cry it mm-hmm. sounds sort of like this like far off distant arctic noise so it they completely mm-hmm. tricked you into thinking it was from Volcana and related to the horror's reach Whereas, um, I guess we'll get to this in the story, but it's just, uh, it's coming from underground, and it's coming from all around the, uh, the continent, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just a really cool concept of this thing. It has a damaged roar, like the pseudo uh, bosses and Tigrex, mm-hmm. uh, it's cool that this thing has a roar that's so, um, so powerful and so earthy that it can actually, like, liquefy the ground into sand. That's like a a real it's like a yeah. quicksand. That's the that's that's what quicksand is in real life, is it's uh water that gets so wet it gets uh loses its uh solid solidity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an interesting fight. Um so when you finally do enough damage to it to just sort of like break off the rocks, you start to see these like pink and purple like tendrils sort of like pop out of the ends of the the wings and you're like Ew! What's that? And suddenly so the rocks fall off, and then like it's this very naked-looking, like, uh, very coral highland aesthetic of like this, this muted yellow beige mixed with this like bright pink and purple, and that that it- it's got some weird-looking bloodshot eyes. Like those eyes are kind of creepy. Like it's like creepy pasta, like smiley-looking thing. Like I'm like ew, that's kind of ugly. And they don't blink. These large eyes that don't blink.
1: <laughs> like that animation. Why? <laughs> of transform like because first you said the tips of its wings break, but it- and it creates all this dust mm-hmm. and it sort of like recedes its wing arms into the into the dust clouds, so you can't see it clearly. And then it like pauses mm-hmm. for a moment and it just like roars and the dust immediately disperses. And all the the rock walls shatter, and it. Oh, man. It's. Because.
0: Just destroys the arena. Just boom. Because in, in that moment. <laughs> suddenly it looks different.
1: In that moment when its wing arm tips are showing only, I was like, is this like a. Is it like an insectoid monster? Is there something going on? And uh, it roars, and mm. it's like, oh, my God, it's Sherbert's Energyva. Basically. <laughs>
0: Sherbert Swirl Xeno Jeeva. Oh my... <laughs> That's such a good way. Oh man. But yeah, it is a Xeno Jeeva sort of like larger four-winged... Uh, four-winged. Four-legged, you know, two-wing, large, uh, you know, quadruped dragon. And like, the tail is really short though uh, in comparison. Stubby tail. Um... This fight is weird. It's it's one of the few monsters, and I say few as like a cantor, I think, is the other one. There's a monster that deals with sound as a weapon. So, like, harnesses these screams into like these, like, freaking, like, giant laser beams of, like, pure sound damage. And then um, the ultimate attack that it likes to do, I think it's only in the third phase, which is that giant, like,. I've heard people call it the spirit bomb. That's a Dragon Ball Z term. But like this giant orb of... Basically just sound. And it just completely turns almost the whole arena into quicksand. It's like... Uh, this fight gets very intense just from stage 2. And stage 3 even more so. Where it's mostly the same in stage 3. Except there's just more quicksand to deal with. And it does that super attack once in a while. But... um. Now, you only have a few actual breaks you have to do. You can break the claws, and then you can break the head twice. And if you break the head a second time, it's much like a, actually kind of looks like a Baroth Chine, where the the red, head ridge drops off. It's kind of like that, where the head ridge sort of drops off. Still,
1: still am on it. There's no flinching.
0: Oh, yeah. That whole time. Uh, and, you know, you can still stun him, and that kind of... not Stun is not like, a KO. I don't know if you can actually paralyze him. I don't think I've seen that happen. He can get poisoned, though. I think he got paralyzed um, for, like,
1: three seconds, maybe.
0: Yeah. But, like, it's a tough fight. Uh, it's a cool fight. Uh, I think as far as, like, end bosses go, I would probably put this near the top. Uh, I, th- I would say... F- Gosh, there's a lot of monsters that are really good end boss fights, but
1: I'd put this above Zeno Jiba. Well, yeah, it's, it's a better Zeno Jiba because it doesn't. I mean, I like monsters with flying phases, but it it doesn't fly. It has a, this very like, ground focus. They added that whole uh, mm-hmm. initial phase on top of it, which is great. Just essentially like almost another monster. Um, the. Um, just like Zenachiva, it's very focused on like terrain effects and like this monster's interaction with its ground. Uh, and in the first phase, uh, we kind of skimmed over it, but it even has a, a second phase within that where. Um,
0: oh yeah, that's kind of true. It'll
1: it'll burrow beneath the ground and sort of like scoot around. It looks kind of strange, but its wing arms are above uh, are are above the sand and they'll like swat at you. Or, uh... Or, you basically have to... You can only hit its head and chest uh, in the first phase. Nothing else will deal any damage to it. Which is cool. Yeah. Uh, like a cool imp, uh, implica- imp- execution of the concept of stone and earth. And like this armor that this monster has. But, um... The first phase, the clutch claw is super powerful because you can shoot it into this crag in the wall and these, like, um... Almost uh, Nightmare Before Christmas looking uh, spires of Origin Island will like like fall over uh, like slough off the cliff and fall over, and they'll like claw into its rocky hide and like tear at it and uh, do a bunch of um, environmental damage.
0: Hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I, to- I kind of. i kind of i like that that fight has so much to to it i was more focused on just smacking the heck out of its head so i missed a lot of that uh at least the first fight um right like i've done it a couple times now i think i've killed it five times at this point um just helping people and you need a lot for end game items you need it's or at least I do. And you need a lot of his claws. This monster is um, so
1: hard to SOS, by the way.
0: Sorry? It's so, so hard to SOS. It's,
1: it's oh, like Russian yeah. roulette.
0: It's true. Um, <laughs> the, uh... It's, it's hard. It's like, it's a difficult enough fight that not a lot of people want to do it. But it's also so cool. Like <laughs> So... I guess, like, if, if, you know, like, a lot of people have been like, uh, well, oh, let's, let's do this, and, uh, and, like, you, me, and my brother have done it a couple of times, because, like, hey, we need some parts from it, and that kind of stuff. Um, one thing I was gonna mention, uh, is a lot of people are saying you can only get the tender plates from the head break, um, or I've heard that sentiment before, I'd like just shoot that myth down you can still get them without breaking the head i don't know why people say that it's just
1: it's a very rare drop i think i got like one or two of them before out of five runs before breaking the head
0: yeah i mean i got i got i think my first fight which we didn't break the head or it was my second fight that we didn't i know one of the one of the fights that i didn't break the head i actually got two and i was like okay so i don't i don't understand but me being a hammer uh i think there's been only like it's less than half the time that i don't break the head most often i will end up breaking the head i think uh the one where you were involved that we did break the head it was like the last second um because there were three of us and not four. Literally ten seconds so, like,
1: before we killed the monster well,
0: yeah it was very close to killing it um and i think that plays both into um what i was talking about earlier i think in general i think they made the break levels for parts a little bit too rough because they're expecting you to weaken parts now yeah, you absolutely have to weaken um, this one's head well i think it's a little ridiculous right because they're asking you to to risk damage or you know you know risk putting yourself into a different state just to break the parts where that wasn't the case before so it, it feels weird changing how the game works as far as like part breaking which is the thing i love in the game i've always loved part breaking from you know game one um because i always thought it was cool it's like oh yeah it actually affects the monster and it's still alive and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and, the I'm not a fan of the clutch call requiring weakening now almost. Um, what is it, Kushala Deora, that we have yet to break a horn, even with weakening it? Like it's insane to me. It's uh, it's um, not too
1: rough for Sharashvilda, or it's not too dangerous to weaken the head, because it doesn't have any actual breath attack. It's all coming out of its wingtips. Yeah. You can get kind of clipped by one of the wingtip beams when it's sort of like, it literally does a master hand where it, it rears up and it shoots its wingtips, lasers, uh, like all around the arena. Um, uh, but And you can get sort of clipped by that if you're hanging onto its head. But it, it's pretty, mm-hmm. it's, it's relatively slow as, as monsters go, um, even if its attacks are so wide-reaching and, and well-aimed that it's kind of feels quicker than it is.
0: Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's um. Uh, don't get me wrong. I like the Shara Shvalda fight, and I don't really have a problem with weakening that one. Uh, but it does speak to something I just don't like in Iceborne in general: is how they changed how how required the clutch call is for certain things, and it feels i i don't i don't know i don't know why it just strikes as laborious for me to keep doing that but it it, it does for for me you know what i mean it feels like i kind of get if i maybe to say it better it feels like they're wanting you to do a certain thing like a do a certain play style when that wasn't the case as much before you know what I mean? Like there are certain things that you could just ignore. Like, hey, I don't care about um, cutting tails because I'm a hammer, right? And a lot of times that didn't bite you in the butt because you didn't need lashes or tails or anything for a hammer a lot of the time. But some there were some exceptions. Um, but like, I don't know. It feels like it feels like it's kind of making me want to play a certain way, like by utilizing the clutch claw. Versus not, it's like, hey, here's another sort of required layer to the fight, and I'm like, uh, but can it be optional?
1: Right, they're <laughs> you know what I mean. They're, they rebalance the game around uh, the new feature.
0: Yeah, and I'm not maybe tone that back a little bit. It's okay if it helps. I wish they would just tone it back.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. I don't. I don't it's like it's not. Completely changed, I would say, because I can still carve a yeah. Baratholus without using There's... the punch Call at all, uh, and like long, right. so, like half the weapons you can't weaken parts as easily. You have to use it twice or more um, to yeah. to be able to actually weaken the parts, because uh, they just drop slinger ammo the first time. Uh, yep. So, so yeah, they're not, they're not helps expecting... you. Every Do the weapon to use that, but yeah, for hammer they definitely. That seems to be their big new thing. Is, for hammer is the clutch claw combo.
0: It feels weird, because I like the hammer a lot, but like, and I use the clutch claw, I use it, but like, it feels bad to be like fighting something like I don't know Savage Joe. Because like you like that thing just keeps attacking, or you know something highly aggressive like Odo Garen and it's like okay. I really have to like wait for my opportunity to clutch claw, but I can't break you know this thing of course he's not hard to break but you, you get what I'm getting at they've changed the, the brake mechanics to coincide with this feature that I'm not 100% in love with like just eh. and Sharj Valda he's he's fun. But, like, when you use the clutch claw on him, it's mostly to weaken. If you try to do the head bonk, it'll stutter him, but it won't do too much. Except for in phase one. <laughs> phase one, when you... You were actually the one that showed us that, where you knock it into the wall and the, sh- the rocks fall on him in the two places, right?
1: Like, that's... It's hard for me to hate the clutch claw when you can do things like crash a fucking huge dragon into a mountain have the mountain collapse on that dragon and harm the dragon for the stupidity of having the audacity to look at this wall. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I, there are certain aspects that I like about it, but the other aspect is like, hey, I am now feel like I'm being forced into using this new mechanic. You
1: know what I mean? Yeah, the mounting attacks have always been it's whatever. The- I mean, they're not... I mean,
0: they're not required. They're not needed. They just help. The clutch call. I feel like, hey, they're pushing it a little harder, and I'm like, nah. I mean, the mounted or clutched
1: on. attack animations are. I don't know. You just don't really feel much connection to them because they just happen. Because you're not pressing the buttons. You're yeah. just watching an animation. It's like it's like a finisher animation in yeah. like a fighting game or something. You just right. press the button and it happens. Um, uh if you don't have anything more to say about the clutch claw there's a couple more things I had on Chara.
0: okay no I don't
1: Um, just it's, it's a very Buddhist themed monster and how it's uh, designed um, mm-hmm. like you literally see sort of like a petal aesthetic on its body and it's sort of like um, I guess it would be sort of I mean this is very surface level Buddhism but uh, sort of it's, it's framed sort of like Shiva uh, because of course, um, and, and like a lot of uh, Buddhist Hindu deities have a multi-armed aesthetic, which is obviously the wing arms are, are all those little wing fingers are, are arrayed out like like having multi hands, multiple arms. Okay. Um, and obviously it's a god of destruction uh, and then how it's framed in the story. and like literally the fight itself is a giant origin isle is a giant lotus flower which is of like just rocks which is very thematic with the monster and it just destroys the place it just like blows out like literally half of the of the, of the island and all of those those petal like mountain peaks to the ocean until it's just nothing and you see yep. them just sinking into the ocean in the distance oh man it's
0: it's a good set piece for sure
1: yeah I, I think it's very cool looking I, I do just have a little niggle that I wish uh, it. I wish there was like some greenery on the island or some differentiation because <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like um, uh, the, the grand ravine where you find Zoromagros or if it's all like brown raw earth, it's kind of hard to get a sense of scale for it because it sort of just kind of blends together. Which is why they make it spiky and have all those little individual, like, uh, 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 promenades coming out of the rock. But it's still sort of in, in the haze of battle. You don't really get a, a great sense of scale. Um, just because there's not, like, a lot of, like, uh, I guess, like like a scale reference. Like a tree or like a person that you can really uh, compare to the, the environment that's just sloughing off into the ocean
0: right (laughs) yeah it's rock iceberg is just god goodbye (laughs) like yeah the um yeah i I agree with you it's it's um it's a really cool place it just i feel like there needs to be more color for sure um Um, (laughs) the sky the sky has a decent amount of color because it's uh it's got this like kind of looks like sunset from what i remember although i haven't really played uh but that's towards the end of the fight doesn't it kind of go from midday to like sunset at the end um
1: i haven't compared it i I remember it all being uh pinkish and and they're using sort of like yeah the dawn or dusk pink as a diegetic version of the sort of like Dark lord turning the skies red. Everything's evil now. Uh, aesthetic from a lot of fantasy things. So they're trying to like do that subtly, but it's still a little bit of harsh lighting. Uh... It's very much mm-hmm. like Dire okay. place, where it's all like doom and gloom.
0: Yeah, and end of days,
1: which yeah, I guess is what they're trying to convey. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Well they do say that, you know, we'll get we'll get to this in the story, but like basically the urgency is hey, kill this before it kills everything else. Like oh crap.
1: <laughs> um what do you think Charagevola is shooting out of its wings exactly?
0: I still think it's sound. I think it's resonating sound and then cuz it it makes a very uh loud noise when it's doing that attack.
1: Right, that makes sense. This whole thing is its roar and, and that, how that's causing mm-hmm. in the story, it's causing earthquakes and it's causing uh, uh, geo, geologic action was it
0: Was it called? Uh, I know what you're saying I don't remember <laughs>
1: yeah, something earthquakes, scary earthquakes right um, and, and I guess the last thing uh, that I really think we should talk about is well, it has that attack where it, it'll scoop under it, and it'll use its its, its wing arms like hands, uh, which always gets me because they come from strange angles, and I haven't found the tell. Yeah,
0: yeah. The, the you're just specifically the one that comes from both sides at once, where it sort of scoops you up. That's a very damaging attack, and if you're near the head, which if you're a hammer like me trying to break the crown, like yeah, it's it's most likely going to get you. Um, I have, uh, like I said, I have full evade window, and you can evade one side of it, but the other side will still hit you. (laughs) And, yeah, it's, it's kind of rough.
1: Um.
0: Um, overall, the fight, very intense, very, very fun. The first time I did it, I did it with my brother, just us two. Um, we ended up having, like, maybe, like, three minutes left. It was also because we were playing very carefully. Um, because we both didn't know that you should be bringing Farcasters, because you don't have a chance to, <laughs> like, restock or that that kind of stuff. There isn't really a break in the fight, and, you know, when you're new in a fight, you're going to get hit a lot more. Um, at this point, I haven't had to use many, I think, maybe one Farcaster fight to sort of restock, which... You know, old days monster Hunter, That was not a thing. You are not restocking. You are getting the, the supplies and then going out into the field. Speed like fucking it.
1: impossible without restocking. <laughs> this monster—it right. does so much damage, and its attacks are so 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 out there.
0: <clears throat> not only that, they're so long right. in their animation. So, so even. Even if you're like, hey, I'm in a bad spot, let me use this evade window to sort of get out of the way, you're still going to get hit because the animation isn't done by the time, like, the, the actual, like, hitbox of the animation is still there as you're finally able to be hit again. it's like, holy cow. It- I actually have a lot of problems with different monsters, especially Savage Joe, um... You know we'll get we'll talk about him in another episode further in depth. There's a couple moves from Savage Joe that his animation's actually long enough that my evade window counts for nothing. Like uh, I got very frustrated last night actually because because of that in one particular case. Um, but yeah, I think <clears> it's, that was
1: like Shara's big central attack where it sort of like puts all its um, wing arm tips like next to its mouth and then just shoots that big. Zenogiva laser, mm-hmm. uh, but it, but it's it's really cool visually because it's just shooting sort of like a distortion in the air of 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 mm-hmm. sound like vibration, like you said. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's just shattering the earth around it. Uh, like and it and this thing will hit the walls and it'll destroy the walls like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And and the force of it actually pushes charge all that backwards. So if you're kind of caught in that cradle of its wing arms, like under its and under its its chin, uh, you have to like at, you can't really attack. You have to like roll furiously back towards its tail because it'll be the force of it will be pushing Sharishvalda backwards just gradually. Mm-hmm. But like it, it's a, it's a large monster, so 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 it's gradual for it. is is a lot of a lot of a uh, distance for for a hunter. A
0: lot of movement for us, yeah, a lot. Yeah, and it makes it hard hard to uh, hit him in the head they got to basically wait till that animations done and then the head comes down and you're like okay i can start hitting him again and yeah that's a big reason yeah, it's
1: just like just like just because has so many forward-facing attacks it's hard to break the head just because of mm-hmm. time
0: yeah speaking of time <laughs> um i I don't really have a lot more to say um other than it's a really good fight uh it's I'm not sure if I should ever. I'm not sure if it's the best end game boss for me. I'd have to really think about that. But it's it's up there. Um, very very intense, but also very fun fight. Um, highly recommend. I think it's the
1: great <laughs> um, personification of the earth element that isn't like quantified exactly in Monster Hunter. Um, right. Yeah. Still still have more fun with Matheos because he doesn't like move his legs and make me miss my spirit. At round slash but um, yeah and see it is it's pretty pretty good too um, but yeah I guess we just wanted to touch on you don't actually kill this monster in the story
0: mm-hmm yeah so uh, the princess mononer Nergigante, as you called it um, or <laughs> the spirits of the earth or the uh, um, the the what is he actually called down that ruiner, messed me Nergigante. Up. ruiner Nergigante. wow way different or, or captain planet Nergigante is you have also called it basically um he's a Nergigante that was sort of like hey he, he he's the balance of nature sort of thing like he's godzilla he's <laughs> he's out there to sort of like kill the bad stuff um you f- do a fight with him where he gets away um, it's a very intense fight because you're, you're in the same map but you're on the top level of it or something like you're on a, basically you're a smaller arena and this like knocked out crater and close quarters with him it's really mostly tough. like another Niggurgante fight yeah it is tough uh, except you know, like there's those attacks where his spines fly fly out. Well, they fly out further and wider, and they cause bleed damage now. Um, so kind of tough. Um, he's more aggressive. He doesn't do his super dive uh, as as much as uh, he just does smaller dives, and then that spike spray comes out again. Um, but that's to be said because that's the story fight. I haven't actually got to do an actual hunt against right. him. And that's kind of what they're building towards in the end game. Also, is is fighting him, for some reason. Um, we'll get to this in the story, um, but he's actually very important to the story later on. Um, yeah, he's, he's 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 uh Nergigante was like a beast to deal with before, but they've they've amped him up, and it makes sense. So, as far as like a variant goes, in that
1: story fight, it appears as if you kill Ruin and Nergigante. But then Shari Shvalda's wing mm-hmm. arm comes out of the Earth, still cloaked in, in Earth ar- rock armor at this point, and just pulls mm-hmm. Nurghagante's body into the Earth. And then later, mm-hmm. at the end of the Shari Shvalda fight, uh, after the, you've had a little cutscene, Shari Shvalda's eye opens, like, super Resident Evil horror style. And it come. it's about to just murder the entire commission. When Nurghagante, like, comes uh, He's out of nowhere and just Just in the most brutal, I think, violence almost ever in the series, one of the most brutal scenes, it pushes Charish head down, bites into its neck, rips it out, and just flies off. Yep. That's all.
0: It is, uh... That's all, folks. It is a pretty brutal, brutal thing. (laughs)
1: That was the most jarring thing (laughs) before the credits. It made me laugh out loud.
0: (laughs) What's happening? It's alive still? <laughs> there right. a
1: third freaking phase of this thing? Fourth, maybe?
0: Yeah, it would be fourth. It'd be fourth. Well, you know, fifth actually, because there's two stages before. Yeah, if the, you got the Enrage. The oh boy. stage shift. Yeah. Oh man. Well, uh, I think that's all we're going to talk about today, guys. We've it's going to be a longer episode still. Um, but yeah, next. Next week, we're actually going to talk specifically about the story. So, even more... If you didn't care to hear about the monsters and get spoiled and you haven't finished and you care about the story, um, hopefully you can finish it by then because we're going to go in-depth on this one. Um, and we're going to try to have a guest on you know, schedules and that kind of thing. We may not. Um, but we are going to attempt. So... Um, yeah, so thank you guys for listening uh, this has been a fun episode uh, this is Fortuan and you can find me at Subpod on Twitter um, you'll probably see me doing a lot more D&D ecologies uh, and picking that stuff up, I've also um, lightly started promoting my Patreon, it's sort of like a tip jar uh, I put it at the end of the description for these videos, if you so choose um, just something I do uh, you know helps with you know getting stuff ready for my articles and the podcast and that kind of stuff but yeah anyways uh, so I will see you guys next quest and on that quest where will you be Haru? I'm
1: uh, at Akane's Dead Ground on Twitter oh man I've got to uh, I think I'm going to be in the guidelines a lot this, this coming week
0: yep that's what we're doing trying to get it to level 6 oh boy
2: <laughs> yeah. Back at it
0: again at Krispy
1: Kreme.
0: Monster of it. Right? <laughs> okay. Sure. See ya.